Okay, then we'll begin with Gasho. Namo Amida Butsu. I want to first welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us as we continue uh, this uh, this tradition of doing these uh, Shoshinge sessions. We've now made it into the section on the seven masters. So the Shoshinge uh, is a, a collection of uh, verses composed by Shinran Shonin, uh, the founder of our Jodo Shinshu tradition that really uh, captures the, the essence of of this Jodo Shinshu Pure Land teaching. Uh, it begins uh, with uh, a, a section that focuses on the meaning of the sutras or the, the teachings, the sermons delivered by the Buddha. And then now we've moved into kind of this, the second, second section of it uh, that focuses on the teachings of uh, what we call the seven masters, important uh, teachers of India, China, and Japan. So now we're uh, transitioning from Nagarjuna to Vasubandhu, um, the, the second of the, the Pure Land uh, masters, uh, the second of the Indian masters. Uh, so we'll be talking about the teachings of uh, Vasubandhu uh, today. And my approach to these sessions uh, is to look at uh, Shoshinge and to uh, share some of the uh, texts upon which the verses of Shoshinge are based. So during the sutra sections, I introduced uh, sections of the sutras. Now that we're in the seven masters, um, sharing uh, passages from the writings of Vasubandhu, many of which were quoted by uh, Shinran Shonin in the uh, other parts of the uh, true teaching practice and realization, the larger text in which the Shoshinge appears. So at this time, I will uh, share on my screen. Um, so I'll go ahead and begin by reading this, uh, these verses, and then we'll talk about some of these texts that are related to um, this section of Shoshinge. Bodhisattva Vasubandhu, composing a treatise, declares that he takes refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light, and that relying on the sutras, he will reveal the true and real virtues and make widely known the great vow by which we leap crosswise beyond birth and death. It's not, it's not. So, um, you know, last, last month we were talking about um, the seven masters uh, identified by Shinran Shonin and what is the kind of the, 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 the defining feature, how are, they, how are they selected, and we talked about how later scholars have identified um, some patterns that we can see, and um, this verse on Vasubandhu kind of captures that. Uh, it says that uh, Bodhisattva Vasubandhu composing a treatise declares that he takes refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light. So um, all of the seven masters um, first have uh, writings. There were important Pure Land figures who, uh, in the development of Pure Land Buddhism, who did not necessarily leave behind uh, writings. You know, maybe they were founders of temples or leaders of communities who we hear about uh, in the history of Buddhism, but the seven masters all uh, composed clear writings uh, expressing their understanding of the Pure Land tradition. So that's one thing, they composed a writing, and then they take refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light, which is Amida Buddha. They aspire for birth 
in the Pure Land of Amida Buddha. And then um, they have a kind of a, 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 a unique or um, they clarify a teaching um, that maybe up until that point uh, had not been uh, clarified in quite the same way um, that they do. And so we see that here in um, you know, Shinran's discussions of Vasubandhu, that he takes refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light, uh, and then he relies on the sutras, he reveals the true and real virtues, and then to make widely known the great vow. And this is refers to the 18th vow of Amida Buddha, the, the vow in which um, Amida Buddha assures all beings that if they entrust in Amida Buddha, if they entrust in him, if they uh, say his name in gratitude, uh, that they recite the Nembutsu Namo Amidabutsu, that they will be carried beyond birth and death, and this leap crosswise. And we'll be talking, um, I'll be talking a little bit about this, this, this uh, expression to leap crosswise or to transcend crosswise. This is an important aspect of Shinran's teachings. Um, and it's, it's the way in which he identifies kind of the, the unique and significant aspects of the, the Pure Land tradition. Um, so this is, this is the verse. And now let's move on to look at these, um, uh, the, the, the scriptural basis from, in this case, uh, first the writings of uh, Vasubandhu in the treatise on the Pure Land. And this is Vasubandhu's kind of major work. And uh, it's, the, it's made up of kind of two parts. The first part of the treatise on the Pure Land is a section of, of verse, a kind of a po poetry, you could say. Um, and then the second section is a uh, kind of a prose uh, commentary or explanation of the meaning that we find uh, in those verses. And this is the, the opening um, the opening line of that verse. O world honored one with the mind that is single, I take refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light, filling the 10 quarters and aspire to be born in the land of peace and bliss. So again, these, uh, this is characteristic of someone Shinran has identified as one of the seven masters, someone who takes refuge in Amida Buddha uh, and aspires for uh, birth in the land of peace and bliss, the, the pure land of Amida Buddha. And this is a very, very famous kind of passage. Seson gaishin, kimyo jinjipo, muge konyorai, gansho an rakoku. This is, uh, this, this is uh, often, this is even chanted as a, an alternative to the echo, the, the verses we, when we chant, our chanting usually ends with gan nishikudoku, byodo seisai, dohotsubo daishin, Ojo Andakoku, which means um, I, I take this, this merit by which means of this merit, this virtue that I receive from the Buddha, and I, I wish or I express gratitude that it is equally shared among all beings so that uh, we may awaken the heart, the mind that aspires for awakening, and together be born in the realm of peace and bliss. So that's what we usually chant, but actually these verses here uh, of Vasubandhu, this, this, this section can also be 
uh, chanted and used in that that same way of uh, that sort of merit dedication at the conclusion to express uh, our our wish for birth in the pure land, not just for ourselves but for all beings. So um, then we'll we'll move along and look at this uh, this next section. Um, the passage quoted in Shinran's uh, True Teaching, Practice, and Realization. So this is another section of um, the uh, Vasubandhu's Treatise on the Pure Land. And this is one that Shinran himself um, selects and quotes in the, uh, the, the chapter on practice. So uh, in explaining the significance of the Nembutsu. So when we began our service with Namo Amidabutsu, that is, that is the practice, the great practice is to say, say the Nembutsu. And our understanding is that that is not my personal practice, but rather is the practice of the Buddha and the Buddha's virtues and all of that, which I receive. Um, so that's, you know, again, that, uh, that, that turn from something I'm going to do to what I receive uh, from the Buddha. And so uh, in this section, uh, Vasubandhu writes, uh, relying on the sutras in which the manifestation of true and real virtues is taught, I compose a, a gatha of aspiration, a condensation that accords with the Buddha's teaching. So a gatha, gatha means like a hymn or a verse. And so that's, again, this section of of a, a verse that Vasubandhu writes, a condensation that accords with the Buddha's teaching, so to capture the true and real virtues. And this is also what Shinran is doing with the Shoshinge. So he's inspired by Vasubandhu. In fact, uh, Shinran's name, the name Shinran, um, is composed of these two characters, Shin and Dan, and Shin. Uh, is one of the characters in Vas the Chinese name given to Vasubandhu, uh, Tenjin. Tenjin or Xin uh, refers to that, that Xin in, that becomes Jin uh, is the Xin in Shinran. So Shinran has so much uh, appreciation for Vasubandhu that he, he, you know, he takes one of the kanji from Vasubandhu's name as his own uh, Dharma name. Uh, is a sort of an, uh, an homage to Vasubandhu. And then the second character, Don, is from Dondan, Tanluan, who we'll talk about in a few months. Uh, and Tanluan is a commentator. He, his main work is a commentary on Vasubandhu's uh, treatise. Um, so there's this, uh, this long uh, lineage of meaning and teaching that is passed down and Shinran kind of situates himself within that and with a particular affinity for Vasubandhu. Um, this next verse here, uh, contemplating the power of the Buddha's primal vow, I see that no one who encounters it passes by in vain. It quickly brings to fullness and perfection the great treasure ocean of virtues. So, um, if we scroll back up briefly here, so you know it talks about how Vasubandhu will reveal the true and real virtues, the true true and real virtues, and so uh, down here in this verse it talks about the great treasure ocean of virtues. 
that one receives through uh, birth in the pure land of Amida Buddha. This verse here um, is customarily chanted at our funeral services. So if you've been to uh, a funeral service um, here at the Samateo Buddhist Temple, um, we chant Shoshinge, and then we chant um, a, a, a kind of somewhat different Nembutsu. It's got a lot of ups and downs. And nah, ah, 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 that you maybe you've heard that and you recognize there's a sort of mournful uh, up and down uh, style to that. And then there's two wasan that are chanted. And this is one of those, those, those um, uh, the, the wasan hymn of Shinran is inspired by this verse of Vasubandhu. And it's basically uh, almost a word for word translation from this was uh, passed down. You know, Vasubandhu would have written in Sanskrit, would have been translated into Chinese, and then Shinran renders it in Japanese. And we chant this meaning uh, at our, our funeral services. And we think about at the end of life, someone has concluded their life in this world. Um, and we take great comfort in these words that this is someone who has encountered the Buddha's uh, primal vow, the compassion of Amida Buddha, the Buddha's wish to liberate all beings from suffering. And so no one will, that person will not pass through their life in vain, that there is great meaning in that life lived, uh, guided by uh, the Buddha, and then ultimately that encounter with the Buddha's uh, primal vow, the 18th vow, uh, the vow to liberate all beings who entrust themselves and who recite the Nembutsu in joy and gratitude, that they will realize the fullness and perfection, the great virtues, uh, ocean of virtues through birth in the Pure Land of Amida Buddha. And so this is our, uh, our path to awakening. And so when we remember uh, someone and we, we acknowledge the uh, end of, of their life in this world, we also do so with the understanding that having encountered the Buddha's wisdom and compassion, that they are, are assured to have realized birth in the Pure Land of the Buddha. And so that's great comfort. So we think of a funeral service is not, not solely uh, recognizing or commemorating uh, a person's death, but also more importantly, to commemorate their birth into the Pure Land of Amida Buddha. And this is meaning we take from uh, Vasubandhu's writings. And so, um, so these, these verses, these sections here, um, refer to this, this first, um, these first three lines that talk about um, composing a treatise, taking refuge in the Buddha, uh, relying on the sutras to reveal the true and real virtues. And then um, the, the remaining sections that we'll look at, or we'll talk about this, uh, this vow by which we leap crosswise beyond birth and death. So Shinran Shonin, inspired by the writings of Vasubandhu, who Shinran calls a bodhisattva, an enlightened being in this world. Um, Shinran Shonin then uh, goes on to uh, present this 
this teaching of transcending crosswise, transcending crosswise. And this is something that is, um, I'll just scroll up a little bit so we can see where this is from. This is in the chapter on Xinjing. So this, this text, this larger text from which uh, Shoshinge comes is composed of the first, the chapter on teaching, then the chapter on practice, then the chapter on Xinjing, then the chapter on realization, then a chapter on true Buddhas and Buddha lands and a chapter on transformed Buddhas and, and Buddha lands. Um, but the, the kind of core of it are these four chapters, uh, teaching, practice, Shinjin and realization. Now this uh, Shinjin is um, this entrusting heart, the entrusting heart in the Buddha. Uh, some might use the word faith. Um, for those of you who are able to join us for Imai Sensei's uh, very excellent Honko talk uh, last month, he talked about you know, the, the importance of faith. He used this word faith um, that is a powerful, meaningful English word a word that sometimes we sort of shy away from as Buddhists, but I thought he, he provided us with an excellent way of understanding the meaning of faith from a Buddhist perspective. Um, and so uh, through this, this faith in Amida Buddha, uh, our birth in the Pure Land is realized in this process of transcending crosswise. Now this is this is kind of heavy, <laughs> and so um, I'm going to present this. I'm going to uh, spend a little time talking through this, um, but then uh, when we turn off the recording, I really welcome your questions because it's it's important to me to sort of understand uh, how much sense this makes because it's pretty um, pretty profound uh, kind of um, you know Pureland philosophy, but it makes sense. I think it, it, there's there's a, a real clarity. To it once we can kind of um, you know boil it down to its its essential meaning here, so um, so Shinran talks about this transcending crosswise, transcending crosswise to realize awakening, um, cut off the four currents. Um, and so these are you know the currents that that carry us into um, uh, bind us into into delusion or carry us away uh, through uh, samsara, and so. He, he says, transcending crosswise. So crosswise, the Japanese word is horizontal. So horizontal in contrast to transcending lengthwise, lengthwise. So like, you know, going, you know, going sort of forward or out or, or sort of in a, in a kind of hierarchical up and down. Um, it's sort of like, you know, uh, like, like this way, like the, you know, uh, horizontal or, or vertical. And so transcending uh, contrasts with going roundabout and following unwinding, a winding path. So the sense of you know, going round and around and around and try taking sort of the long ride or just leaping, kind of leaping over, leaping over the river um, as opposed to kind of trying to find a bridge across. Maybe might be one way to think of it. Um, and it says he... Uh, so um, transcending lengthwise characterizes the true and real teaching of the Mahayana. Um, so departing lengthwise is the accommodated expedient teaching of the Mahayana and the roundabout teachings of the two vehicle and three vehicle schools. Um, and so this is contrasting Mahayana Buddhism and um, you know, what is pejoratively termed as uh, Hinayana Buddhism, so like the greater vehicle or 
or the the lesser vehicle um and that would that this is you know and again Mahayana texts have this tendency um, to to kind of uh, you know kind of classify things and and there is a kind of polemic uh, a sense of you know we're on the right path here with the Mahayana um, that that's there it's real in, in the texts right um, and so uh, transcending crosswise is the true teaching based on the fulfillment of the vow which embodies the perfectly consummate true reality, this indeed is the true essence of the Pure Land way, okay? And then he says, uh, further, there is departing crosswise. This is the teaching of meditative and non-meditative practices of the three levels of practicers and the nine grades of beings. It comprises good acts of going roundabout that lead to the transformed land, the realm of indolence and pride. Um, Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna unpack this all in a moment. I just want to kind of read through this and sort of take in Shinran's words for a moment. Um, it says, "In the pure, uh, fulfilled land of the great vow, grade and level are irrelevant. In the space of an instant, one swiftly transcends and realizes the supreme, perfect, true enlightenment. Hence, transcending crosswise." Okay, so there are four categories here. Shinran introduces four categories. There's uh, transcending crosswise, transcending lengthwise, departing crosswise, and departing lengthwise. And so um, it's you know it's sort of like okay, uh, are you going over? Are you sort of jumping jumping forward? Jumping forward? Are you jumping sideways? Are you kind of kind of you know walking forward or walking <laughs> sideways is the way to to maybe think about these these four four categories so it's maybe maybe jumping and walking might be as good as transcending and uh and departing um you know the translators i give them a lot of credit for what they did um you know but you gotta i think at this point you have to sort of rephrase paraphrase a little bit and so uh, with regard to this transcending and departing, um, the, the difference here is the difference between uh, the sudden and the gradual, sudden attainment and gradual attainment. And so this is a really key uh, distinction in Buddhism between different kinds of practices, uh, a practice that brings about a sudden realization is that you know you can in this very instant the moment you hear the teaching it's possible to open your mind to realize uh, a kind of an awakening or a clarity and you don't there's no requirement that you have to come for 10 years 20 years to do all of these things you know it's possible that a person could just hear it once and their mind would open that's called a sudden teaching and a sudden teaching to me is uh, sort of like, like nothing needs to change. You just need to realize how things really are. And then with that realization, all of a sudden, everything is, is different. And so Shinran talks about there's two kinds of sudden teachings, two kinds of sudden teachings. Um, and those are the difficult sudden teachings, the difficult teachings where you know, you're, you're trying to sort of, um, you know, 
you are uh, climbing up a kind of a, a leaping up a ladder of awakening and that your mind is transformed. It's very difficult to transform your mind, but that you can have a sudden transformation of your own mind. And then it's like, you know, you're sort of leaping up into a different state of being, leaping into Buddhahood, leaping into awakening. Okay. The other, the other sudden change is like leaping sideways, leaping sideways. And the way I think about this is that it's right there. It's right there. And you just need to jump over. You don't need to go somewhere else. You don't need to, uh, to, to transform yourself, but you need to simply awaken to the truth that you are embraced by the Buddha. And so it's, it's this sort of just, you know, it's not a difficult leap. So leaping up, um, you know, it would be like, you know, uh, if you're, say you're moving one foot, one foot, but one foot in front of you, there's a six foot wall. So you have to leap up the six foot wall. That would be transcending lengthwise. So you're leaping up the six foot wall. And it maybe takes a lot of practice. That leap is just a sudden, you jump up and then you're there. But in order to be able to jump six feet into the air, you have to spend a lifetime of practice and strength building and refining your technique of your jumping to be able to jump, to move one foot, but one foot, one foot forward, six feet up. Now, the um, the uh, transcending crosswise. So to jump the the sideways jump is just to simply recognize that oh, it's right there. I'm not doing it myself, but I'm already there. The Buddha is going to lift me up. So I just need to make this very easy jump on my same level. So I don't become any more enlightened through my own efforts, but I do need to realize that, oh, I just need to jump right over here, just doop, one foot over, and then I'm carried up to this world of enlightenment. Okay. So that's, that's the difference. So it's, uh, they're both sudden, sudden moves, but one is very difficult, one is very easy. And so to return to what Shinran uh, has provided here, uh, he says that um, these two types of teaching among the sudden are the real teachings of the difficult practice, the path of sages. These are the teachings of the Bushin, so the Zen school, the Shingon school, the Hokke school, that's the Tendai school, Kegon, and other schools. So these are the Mahayana kind of sudden, sudden teachings. Um, difficult to accomplish for an unenlightened being. Now, um, the other is the, uh, the teaching of the Pure Land Way, entrusting in the primal vow. This is the teaching of the larger sutra. Okay. So these are the two times types of transcendence, the two times types of, of jumps that a person could make. One is jumping lengthwise, the other one, this refers to uh, the realization termed, this body itself is the Buddha. So a person just the sense of you become a Buddha right here in this body um, and so on. And then 
then this, this sideways jump, transcending crossword, this refers to the, um, the primal vow of the Buddha, so that we're carried over and through birth in the pure land of Amida Buddha, then we are able to uh, become liberated. And it's the immediate attainment of birth. So that, that birth isn't a gradual process, it's, it's sudden uh, at the moment of death that birth is realized right then and right there. Okay. And then, um, so then the, the other one, so not the leap, but then the walking, we call this the gradual, the gradual attainment. Um, and so there are two types of this. Um, the two types are the accommodated teachings of the path of difficult practices. So this is the idea that, um, that awakening is not attained as a kind of sudden insight or sudden realization of clarity, but that gradually, gradually, gradually through a lifetime of good works, uh, dedicated practice of study, of um, uh, living according to you know, the, the Buddhist teachings, moral behavior, uh, that one slowly, slowly, slowly becomes more enlightened over time, that it's a, a kind of a gradual, gradual transformation. Um, and this is a big kind of, a, a kind of paradigm uh, contrast in, in Buddhism. And there have been debates over, is it a sudden awakening or is there, is there a need for gradual practice? And I, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on this as we, we get into this later. Um, so there's, there's um, th this uh, kind of path of sages, gradual practice, and then there's a pure land gradual practice, which is uh, rather than entrusting an Amida Buddha to realize birth in the pure land, that one um, does various good practices, uh, meditative and non-meditative practices, things described in the Contemplation Sutra, meditating on the Pure Land, visualizing the Pure Land, um, again, moral behavior uh, to generate merit that would be dedicated towards birth in the Pure Land. And so this is the idea that there are things I have to do in order to realize birth in the Pure Land. So it's still, it's not trying to kind of climb up the, the hill, you know, rather than leaping up the hill, the path of sages way would be to kind of claw your way up that six foot, you know, um, a, a ledge and the uh, pure land, you know, uh, the, that, that uh, gradual practice would be rather than just simply entrusting to say, oh, I've got to do all of these things and kind of good or good or trying to go around and around and around to get to that, um, that, that point where one realizes birth. Okay. And so that's where, again, you have these, these departing lengthwise. And it says, it's a practice of performing for many kalpas. A kalpa is an incredibly long period of time, compounded again and again on the path to awakening. And the other one being uh, departing crosswise. So, uh, and it's interesting, Shinran uh, describes this as the realm of indolence or pride, right? So it's like, it's right there. 
It's right there. It's all you have to do is just take that step of entrusting. But, you know, one has too much indolences like laziness or, or, or pride when things, I know I've got to do it myself or I just got to keep doing what I'm doing here. And I'm on the right track and not to really uh, look inward and awaken that entrusting. And so it's actually, you're, you're wasting a lot of time uh, in that way, precious time in this lifetime. Um, And so it's said that people who follow that path are born, it says born in a womb palace or a borderland. So they're born into um, these, uh, the larger sutra describes this state of being where one is born into this this state kind of on the border of the pure land. So one is in, liberated from suffering in this world, free from suffering, but not able to hear the Buddha and separated from the Buddha. And so uh, it's, it's at once, free from suffering, but it's also, um, you're, you're not getting the, the benefit to which you aspire. Um, so um, again, I welcome your kind of questions and thoughts on these, these categories, but it's the, the big kind of the broad strokes questions are sudden versus gradual. So is awakening attained in a kind of in an instant, a momentary insight, um, or is it a, a long and gradual process over the course of a, a whole lifetime to come to true understanding? And then um, this we'll call the, the, uh, this path of sages or the difficult practices, doing something yourself versus entrusting in the Buddha, the path of the Pure Land uh, teaching. So... Um, Let's go back up now and look at this, this verse from Vasubandhu uh, once more, and then we'll switch off the recording, and I welcome your questions and thoughts on what, what we've explored this evening. Bodhisattva Vasubandhu, composing a treatise, declares that he takes refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light, and that relying on the sutras, he will reveal the true and real virtues and make widely known the great vow by which we leap crosswise beyond birth and death.